Hi friends, welcome to the Start Thriving podcast, where trauma survivors come to thrive. Each week we will explore topics surrounding self-discovery, emotional processing, and reclaiming your power from past trauma. I am your trauma healing, deep feeling, coffee sipping, nervous system regulating host, Chelsea Bartell. I am so happy to guide you home to yourself. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Start Thriving podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Um, Just as a disclaimer, if you hear any background noise, we live in an RV. It's hard to control the sound in here. You can probably hear my cat munching on his food. You might be able to hear some birds chirping, all those kinds of things. I wish I had a studio, but I chose this lifestyle. So here we are. So I have a really exciting episode to share with you today about meditation, about really discovering who you are and and being able to meet yourself in a container that you can create by yourself. Bear with me here. I have just never been a very traditionally religious person. Um, I had experiences growing up in church. I, I knew a little bit about what it meant to be spiritual, um, but I never, never could grasp the idea of, of the unconditional love that comes from having a spiritual relationship. Um, and some people have that with God, some people have that with their other various gods, some people have that with themselves, some people have that with the universe, with the earth. I just never knew what that looked like. Okay. And so I started this challenge for myself. Um, I read, <laughs> I read Atomic Habits a very long time ago, but the information, some of it stuck. Um, but for the most part, I just couldn't figure out like how do I apply that to my life? How do I really make that a reality? How do I really start creating better habits? I had no idea. Even though I had read the book which I do recommend. It's fantastic. Go read it. Absolutely. But so he, he talks about what he calls habit stacking. Okay. And by the way, he is James Clear. James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. Okay. Now James Clear is talking about habit stacking, which is taking a habit that you already have and adding a new habit onto it. Okay. And I can't remember exactly the example he used in the book. I think it was about brushing his teeth. He added a new habit onto brushing his teeth. Um, But for me, I was like, what do I do every day without fail? I drink coffee. I love coffee. So I drink coffee. And one day I just felt really called to start consistently keeping a meditation practice. The idea of meditation has always been appealing to me. Um, the idea of being still and present and being very mindful and being very self-connected, you know, very tapped in. But I just couldn't keep the habit. I just couldn't keep it. I, I would do it for a couple days in a row and then I would push it off, you know, because we have very valid excuses that keep us from doing the things that we want to do, Right. You know, there's always some reason why we can't go to the gym. There's always some reason why we can't read that book. There's always some reason why we can't start that program, why we can't 
have a new job, why we can't get out of our relationship, why we can't get in a relationship, there's always some very valid excuse, okay? But at the end of it, it's an excuse. It's preventing you and limiting you from doing what you really want, okay? Now, after I had all these different trials with these very valid excuses of mine, um, I just, I, I'll be honest, I just took a break. I said, you know what? I'll just let that habit fall off. And whenever it calls to me again, it's going to call to me, okay? So here we are living on the road. Things are much more chaotic than Instagrammers make them look, just so you're aware. <laughs> or maybe it's just us. I don't know yet. But um, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of things that aren't constant and stable. And for people like Zach and I who didn't really have too many habits, too many strong disciplinary habits to begin with, it it's such a haphazard adventure sometimes. So I thought, you know what? In all the chaos, I'm going to try to start a meditation practice. And then the information resurfaced of, oh, you could habit stack because you drink coffee every single day without fail, even when we have to take our RV to a drive through which has happened on multiple occasions. We never made it through the drive through um, but we did go to a couple that we probably could have. But anyhow, so I start day one. I say, oh, okay, I forgot to mention this. Um, so I also tied in another thing that he teaches about, which is a little, a little bit of neuroscience. Um, so when we, when we're want, when we, wow, when we're wanting to start a new habit, we also want to reward ourselves because this creates new neural pathways in the brain that allow for this to feel good. Okay, we get a little dopamine hit, we get a little, over time, we get a little, um, serotonin and endorphins from creating these habits this way where we get a reward after we do such and such okay so I started day one by meditating first and then I got my coffee as a reward okay I followed through day two day three I haven't missed a beat yet and we're on day as I'm recording this we're on day 18 so I'm pretty proud of myself um I'm going to keep it up because I like, I like having a reward. Like it's taking a, it's like uh, rewarding a kid with like a lollipop after they do good at their school play or something, you know, it, those kid parts of us really enjoy having a reward too. So anyhow, that was all the backstory. Let me get into the real, the meat of it. Okay. So this was mm, a couple days ago now. But I wanted to record this hoping that I have all the details um, still very fresh in my mind. So, and at first I was listening to a guided meditation. Um, I was having somebody kind of walk me through like a little um, hypnosis, you know, addressing self-worth, addressing um, value, addressing past pain, addressing, addressing past traumas. You know, a little bit of that with some mindfulness in there. And those were all guided meditations, okay? But as it got to about day 13, 
um, I had seen a post from a very spiritual woman that I follow on Instagram. And she was talking about how um, we don't need all that extra bullshit. We don't need to listen to someone else guide ourselves to ourselves. You know, sometimes I do like the guided meditations because they can carve out a clear path for us to meet ourselves, especially when we have no idea where to begin, okay? But as somebody who works in the emotional trauma field and um, has personal interests and investments in spirituality and relationship to spirituality, I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to give this a try listening to a frequency, okay? And I'm going to guide myself through this meditation. I'm going to allow whatever comes up to come up. And I think that's why most people are scared away from meditation because... When we sit still, when we um, unplug from everything, we're allowing, we're literally opening the door for anything to come through. Anything. And a lot of people have been running and running and running all their lives, so they don't let all those things come through. They want noise. They want distraction. They want somebody to guide them. They want to know the end result. So anyhow, um, I stop. I, I, I stopped listening to the self, or no, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I stopped listening to the guided meditations and I picked a frequency and the frequency is, um, I forget the number, but it's for the crown chakra, which I know I'm getting a little, little, uh, spiritual on you here or esoteric, whatever you prefer, but the crown chakra allows us to connect to higher self, higher, higher divine consciousness. Okay. So I'm thinking this is a pretty good doorway to open. I want to connect to something higher, being my highest self, being the universe, being divine energy, being consciousness. So that's what I'm going to do. I put in my AirPods. I, I turn on this crown chakra healing frequency and I place a hand over my heart and one over my stomach. I find that self-touch is very important for meditating. We, we want to be present in our bodies. We want to include our bodies in the, in the spiritual experiences we're having. And we also want to comfort ourselves when something uneasy or uncomfortable surfaces. Okay, so as I'm doing that, I'm also incorporating a little bit of breath work. Now, this is not intense, this is nothing too serious, but um, the intention is to breathe in deeply into your stomach. This is called diaphragmatic breathing. So we want to take a, a deep breath into our stomach, and then we want to slowly exhale through our mouth, you know, um, almost as if you were pushing your air out through a straw, okay? So I'm, I'm getting into this rhythm, I'm breathing, I've got my hand on my heart, I've got my hand on my stomach, and all of a sudden, I, I ask, it's like I, it's like I entered myself, and I'm in this, not dark room, it wasn't dark in an ominous or scary way, um, but it was dark, okay, and I'm sitting on the floor, I'm crisscrossed, and um, I said, what do you have to show me? What do I need to hear? What's present for me right now that I might not be listening to or that I might be avoiding? Okay. And 
this, I'm not really still sure what to call it. Um, at the time, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at divine consciousness. Answered me and said, money. So here I am meditating and all of a sudden money comes up. And money had, had been a, a struggle. And there's a lot of wounds surfacing around it right now. And I, I said, okay, well, well, what do you have to show me around money? What do I need to learn about money? And this being, uh, divine consciousness, says, you need to be just as happy, just as safe, having nothing as you do with having everything. You need to feel just as safe in having nothing as you do everything. And I'm like, what? What kind of, you know, I'm starting to go off in my head. But I asked this divine being, but if I accept where I'm at, wouldn't that mean that I'm accepting nothing? And again, I got the answer. No, you have to feel just as safe with nothing as you do when you have everything. So it starts to set in that that money is only a way that I have been coping. Most of us don't really realize it, but we use money as a very big coping mechanism. And, and money is directly related to mom issues. When we have an absent mom, when we have an emotionally immature mom, when we have a mom um, that maybe is too excessive in affection, it results in money patterns and certain money beliefs. Okay, Now in my case, my mom was very inconsistent with how she showed up for me. And my emotions were not very well understood or accepted or um, received by her. Okay, And it's so funny because I was having money issues in exactly that same way. Money was inconsistent. Money was either not accepted or it was not being received. I'm telling you, dude, you guys, when you do trauma work, it heals your whole entire life because trauma consists of our attachments. It consists of all of our painful past experiences that create limiting beliefs that wire our subconscious mind. It does everything. Okay. So here I am thinking that if I accept nothing, that that'll set my baseline, basically. But really what was going on was this divine being, this divine consciousness was trying to get me to realize that if I accept myself and I feel safe with no reassurance, with no dollar amount, with no um, nurturing, essentially, that I will find safety within myself and that will carry with me forever. But I needed it to come from within. I needed for me to slow down and see that I can feel just as safe when I have money or when I don't. Because safety is not something that wavers. It's not based on outside attachments, things, people, places, behaviors. 
it's all within. It's all internal. Okay. Now, let me get back to my meditation. So then, then this image kind of fades and all of a sudden I'm seeing, um, these ideas stacking up and they're, they're almost like books on a bookshelf. I'm, I'm looking at a bookshelf and they're all these ideas I have about podcasts and reels and posts and books I want to write and courses I want to make and people I want to reach out to and, and eventually how I want to do public speaking. All these ideas are stacking and stacking and stacking. And I ask this divine consciousness, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? And it responds with, this is a manifestation of all the ways you're not expressing yourself. And it's interesting because I don't really think I've admitted it to myself that I've been having resistance around self-expression. But I have. I have, and that clearly showed up in this in this meditation. And then I'm 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 being talked to by this divine consciousness. And it's telling me that when I show up and when I take up space and when I let myself be seen as I'm meant to, I will be able to clearly share my voice. And I know that given the way I wasn't really allowed to express myself or I was gaslit or I was shut down for expressing myself when I was younger and in my teenage years, that my self-expression has become distorted and that it's become far less than what it used to be. And... So I'm, I'm seeing this image of the books stacking up, okay? And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these images of the podcast just taking off and changing lives. And then I'm seeing all of these courses that I've wanted to create for a really long time. And they're becoming actualized. They're becoming real. People are participating and buying them. And then I'm seeing all these these Instagram reels and posts and and they're helping so many people but the difference is that in each of them I am expressing myself as freely as possible as free as as I can and that I haven't felt like I've been able to in a very long time so then this this divine consciousness gives me the message of if I do not first belong to myself then I won't belong anywhere If I do not first belong to myself, then I will not belong anywhere. And that message hit me pretty hard because in social situations and social interactions and even with um, memories from from the past and, and with my family, there were lots of moments with the undertone of you don't belong, you're different. You see a truth that we don't want to see. Your emotions are too big. They're unrelatable. We don't understand you. We don't understand why you're upset. We don't, we don't understand. You know, so I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't feel like I was seen. I didn't feel like anyone really got me. And 
as I come to that belief, then I get this image. I'm still in this dark room. It's not ominous. It's not scary, but it's kind of like moonlit almost. And then I get this image of me. And all of a sudden I'm kind of third person and I'm seeing me standing at the front of this line. Okay. And the best way that I can describe it is if you've ever seen um, like a fish skeleton, you know how they kind of, um, the bones get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as you go down the tail. I start to see these, these people come into focus standing behind me and, and it's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I realize that these are all me. So here, here in the front is the 23-year-old version of me. And right behind me is the 22-year-old version of me. And right behind her is the 21-year-old version. And 20 and 19 and 18 and so on. All the way down until I was just a little, little baby. And it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of beautiful the way that this vision came to life because quite literally they were my spine. You know, the, the fishbone image is perfect because when I moved, they all moved. And so I'm seeing, I'm seeing them all supporting me they all quite literally have my back they're all behind me right now then this divine consciousness um gives me another image of when I feel like I don't belong all of my parts scatter and I I pictured this image in a social situation I was just in recently and I felt so insecure and I felt like I didn't know what to say and so I just made myself small and shut down and I was back in that image and all of my parts all of these younger me's were right behind me and then when I when I started thinking that I don't belong they all scattered and then they were all by themselves alone scared feeling like they didn't belong so then all of a sudden that image fades away and they're all still behind me they're they're following me like a spine and so after having that image of them all scattering, I, I turn and this whole spine of me is they curve, okay? And now I'm looking at my littlest self, my just brand new little baby self. And I go to comfort her and we all, we create this little circle, okay? And as I'm going to comfort her, all of my younger selves turn to one another and start comforting themselves they're they're comforting one another so here I am comforting my very first newborn me and then 22 year old is comforting my 21 year old and then my 20 year old is comforting my 19 year old and we are all just supporting one another in this giant healing circle of all my past selves and I just, I lose it at this moment. I'm just bawling my eyes out because it's such a beautiful image. And I can't even tell you the amount of, of unconditional love I felt right then. All of me was so supported. 
all of me was so loved. And I, I started to hear these resounding messages come through of, I am you, you are me. I'm here for you, you're here for me. You make me up. You have been strong for me. I will be strong for you. And you guys, let me just make this disclaimer. I'm fully sober during all this. This is just a matter of breath and being connected to myself and being connected to a divine conscious power above and beyond anyone on this earth. This is all happening just because I'm getting still with myself and I'm letting those messages come up to be felt. <laughs> so they're all lo- they're all loving on each other and hugging and supporting one another and that's that's really the image that it left me with. I felt like I just kind of felt this tug like it was time to open my eyes and come back to the present moment. And so I did. But now I have to talk about the message this left me with afterward. After having that kind of powerful, amazing healing experience with all of me and and all of who I have been, I really want to highlight the importance of what it means to deeply connect with yourself because this kind of experience couldn't have been possible had I not healed my trauma okay now look I I bet you're kind of confused by that yes this meditation was in a way healing my trauma but at first we have to get through to the nervous system to feel safe enough to go that deep to feel that much to experience ourselves in a new way, we first... Okay, here's how I was describing this to Zach when I was telling him about it. We were talking about um, a storage facility. Now think about a full storage... Um, what do they call them? Like garage, okay? Think of Think of filling it top to bottom with boxes, okay? Now, your connection to your true, highest, beautiful, successful, loving, kind, charming, abundant self is at the very back of that storage unit. And there is no way to reach them unless you start removing the boxes blocking your path, being anxiety, depression, eating disorders, um, insomnia, procrastination, self-sabotage, painful past memories, subconscious limiting beliefs. We have to confront those things first before we meet who we're really meant to be. And I just want to make this known too. I'm not a guru. I'm not on the top. I'm not, I'm not by any means um, healed. We never reach a point where we're all the way healed, but just in the work I've done, I have been brought to my higher self. What I'm trying to get at is that this kind of clarity, this level of being present and connected to myself only comes at the pace in which we feel safe. 
I have healed and regulated and worked with my nervous system enough to create safety for this level of healing to come through. Let me say that one more time. I have worked with my nervous system enough to establish a level of safety in which my trauma can then come through. Okay. We're not going to go addressing all of our pain at once, all of the big emotions, all of the painful past traumatic triggers and memories. We're not going to do all that at once. Absolutely not. And that's why I work with the nervous system. Because people need to feel safe within themselves before they start addressing everything that they've been through. We need to biologically create safety and a foundation for us to then build from, for us to then heal from, right? And when we don't have that, that's when we, that's when we can end up in positions that end up re-traumatizing us. Or, I just got to say this, it's not that I hate therapy, it's not that I hate talk therapy, but it just doesn't start where we really need help. Talk therapy can be re-traumatizing because we talk about the things that have hurt us, that have caused us pain, that have caused us dysregulation, and then we go without support. We go without nervous system support. We don't have new tools or new guidance or new nurturing in those places. We just dig up old things and then it's like, yeah, go on, go, go deal with them by yourself. Well, I'll see you next week. And that's just not how it's meant to be. We need to create a level of safety internally before we can really begin processing and healing through the mind. Um, This is called a bottom-up approach where you approach your body first, you approach the healing through the body, and then you approach the mind and the the subconscious and the neuroscience and, and the processing and emotional regulation. But you have to have the safety first. So let me leave you with this. The biggest takeaways that I want to leave you with is if I do not first belong to myself, then I won't belong anywhere. If you don't first belong to you, if you don't make a home inside yourself for yourself and you search for that in other people, you will never, never find belonging. That is only a gift that you can give to yourself. I promise you. And the only reason that we strive for that belonging from other people is likely because we have past pain and past trauma surrounding being misunderstood, feeling unloved, feeling rejected, feeling disconnected from. Now we feel like we need to prove that to other people. Now we feel like we need that permission from other people. But when we came into this world, we didn't need permission from anybody. We just knew we were worthy. We knew we were loved. We knew we were valuable. We knew we belonged. It was never a question. And the final thing is that our healing moves at the pace in which we feel safe. So if you're feeling stuck in your healing process, if you're feeling like something isn't moving, if if you're feeling stagnant, 
You're moving at the pace at which you feel safe. Create inner safety first, then watch your life change. Take a minute with me, whether you're in your car, whether you're walking, whether you're in the library, whether you are doing laundry, whether you're just laying in bed. I just want you to take a moment and I'd like for you to place your hands on your heart. And if you're somewhere public, just imagine that you're holding your heart, okay? And what I want for you to do is to take a deep breath in and pause at the top and slowly exhale through your mouth. Let's take another deep breath in. at the top and slowly exhale through your mouth. Take another deep breath in pause at the top and slowly exhale through your mouth. You may feel more present in your body. Let yourself be there. Let yourself be curious. Let yourself be aware of something that you didn't see before. 